Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope y'all are having a great week. This is Trevor Davis, Lead Wealth Coach up here at Total Wealth Academy. With every show, I'm starting off with our quote from Albert Einstein, which is the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. But I want to reemphasize the fact that there are indeed some things that we're not focusing on changing. If it's not broken, you don't need to fix it, as the saying goes. And it's not either to say that we're completely flawed 100% and we need to change absolutely everything all of the time. That is definitely not what he was referring to. I believe he is specifically referring to the people that are going to stick doing the same things over and over again and they're unhappy with doing those things. But for some reason, they end up doing those same things over and over again. And it might not exactly be enough to be considered a reason, maybe just an instinct, maybe just the survival brain doing what it does, which is just make sure that you survive. And it's for sure that if you've gotten this far, your survival brain has done its job. But the survival brain is not going to get you more than survival whatsoever. And if you're only getting the survival, you're going to have to change some things that perhaps your survival brain has gotten you attached to, and it ultimately is putting you in a very fearful attitude in general towards anything. So we're going to talk about some more fear this week, and tomorrow Steve is going to be talking about fear during our monthly spotlight event. That's going to be his topic tomorrow evening. And there's a lot of common fears when it comes to real estate specifically. But to make it a little more general, I would say that there are completely different fears for every single person. And maybe they have connections amongst people. And maybe there's patterns for sure. But I think everybody's got a particular collection of fears that are completely unique to them that they have to address in a completely unique way. And a big part of what they do out there in psychology is identify what are some of those patterns that we can practice with people that gets good results for some of those fears that a lot of us tend to have. You know, those fears will be similar, but I would definitely say the combination for most people is going to be completely unique, and that's why we all need to consciously approach the fear that we have and make sure that we're on top of it rather than underneath it. It is not ever to say that we're going to eliminate your fear or the other real estate group is going to eliminate your fear and you're just going to go guns blazing into real estate and not make any mistakes. That's not what has happened to anybody I know, not me, not my dad, 
not any of the investors that I'm familiar with, there's going to be ups and downs, challenges, pitfalls, mistakes that people end up falling into that can honestly be considered validations of some of the fears that people have. To act like going into something like making money in real estate is going to be a breeze is that's the delusional thought. That's going to be something that I would argue comes from fear. As if we have to go into something only if every single possible fear has to be addressed and controlled for first or else we can't take any action at all. That is just not going to be possible. As I meet people and talk with people more and more, I have definitely been seeing how important fear is to, well, how much fear is a crutch for a lot of people to taking action. I'm no exception. Nobody at Total Wealth is an exception, and nobody at any other real estate group is an exception. Anybody who wants to pretend like they don't have fear is either a fool or they're a nutcase. Those are not the type of people that you want to be associating with. You want to be surrounded by people who are aware of their fear, control their fear, and are conscious enough of it to identify it and work with it rather than acting like it's just not there or, on the other side, being completely consumed by the fear. Sometimes... When I think about this, I I get to a very, very probably over-zoomed-out look, and sometimes I feel like I do have to dial it down, but something that is more of a zoomed-out look is, look, I'm only going to be here for 80, 90, 100 years. My goal is to live to the age of 100, but sometimes accidents happen. Sometimes things you don't expect come up. We're not here forever, for sure. And one thing that has helped me finally, as much as I knew it already, but to just realize that I'm not going to be here forever. So what exactly am I afraid of doing during that limited period of time? I mean... What is it that I'm so afraid of that I act like that thing that could happen would last forever somehow when it's pretty clear that nothing lasts forever, at least in this life that we're aware of. So whatever thing that we're afraid of will not last forever either. That's something that's really helped me approach fear in a healthier way to make sure that I'm not acting in an unreasonable way, which is a fear-in-control way that just seems to create even the smallest, most it could be the most mundane thing to somebody else that you end up thinking is the most fearful thing. My fear, for example, earlier on at this point was about... It's about three years ago at this point. I was still working at Total Wine, 
And I was suddenly, out of the blue, given an opportunity to start doing public speaking. And like almost everybody I know, everybody that I've ever met, public speaking is one of the biggest fears that they have. But I've also always wanted to start speaking in public. It's always something that's interested me. So even though this was something that came right into my lap, I decided to take advantage of this opportunity. And this ended up being something very, very good for me moving forward with that company and in the future where I am now. Um, Once we get back, we're going to continue to dive into fear and the fear of public speaking and how I was able to address that effectively. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. If you want to call in to our show, all you have to do is pick up the phone, call us at 281-558-5738, including if you have any questions about our event tomorrow night. Our spotlight night tomorrow evening at 6.30 p.m. is open to all members and guests one time. So if you are not a member and you have not attended this event, you are welcome out to this once after which you must become a member if you wish to come out again. This event is going to have about 200 people out here. We're going to have two people talking about apartments, Robert Martinez and Craig McKinley talking about their two most recent apartment acquisitions. So if you want to learn more about apartments, all you have to do is go to TotalWealthAcademy.com and head to our link there to sign up for this class, or you can send me an email, Trevor TotalWealthAcademy.com. Now, we're just talking about fear, and public speaking is one of the biggest fears that people have. I, I saw a study a long time ago that basically said over half of people surveyed would rather die than have to do a public speaking event in a room of over 100 people. Like, they would literally prefer death to that. It's it's one of the biggest fears that people have. And my very, very first public speaking was in elementary school when I was campaigning to be the president of student council, unsuccessfully, I might add. And looking back at the speech I did, it definitely wasn't much to write home about. But that was definitely one of the scariest things I've ever done. And I remember being very, very horrified at what people might be thinking whenever they look over. Is that a good look? Is that a bad look? Then in junior high, I had another public speaking event where we were doing this project that was about the Holocaust. And we had to basically create these examples of some of the things that they found at these concentration camps. And I was doing a presentation about the Zyklon B, which is 
It's brutal is to say that it was the gas that was used to murder hundreds of thousands of people. So that's what we were talking about. It was a group of four of us up there. Each group came up and they were talking about the particular item that their project was for. And you had yourself and then the three others up there too. That was still terrifying. It didn't matter that there were other people up there with me. It was still scary. So three years ago now, when I was working with Total Wine, I was working the floor. I was a salesperson. And one of my coworkers who was just about to become an assistant manager, he awesome, awesome dude. Let's call him Bob. Bob came up to me as he was about to have to teach a class. And Bob said, Trevor, do you want to teach a class? I was like, well, what do you mean? What, what happened? And he was just like, I, I don't want to do it. Man, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Like, can you do it? Like, I'm just, I'm just nervous. I don't, I don't want to do this. So I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll do it. I was, I was familiar with the material, um, but I hadn't prepared for it because I wasn't supposed to be teaching it. But I went in, it was a group about 25 people and we were talking about California wine. And fortunately, because I'd already been studying this material for the Total Wine Professional Program, I knew my way around it. I'd, I'd help Bob set up this presentation to, that helped me get an idea of what actually was going to be covered. But I was very, very much still horrified. I was not sure if I did a good job. And I wasn't sure if I was going to want to do it ever again. But the people got out. Everybody seemed happy. People go up to the front. They check out after buying some items. And one of my managers comes up to me and just starts raving about what the people were saying about the class. Apparently, the class was very, very good. They enjoyed it. They had a blast. They couldn't wait for the next one. I, to this day, I had no idea that they enjoyed it so much during the event. I mean, but maybe I was just in shock the whole time. But it ended up working out pretty well. My point coming through all this is that this fear that I had, even with just some minor previous experience, I had at least some idea that when I did it and when it was all over, things were at least going to be pretty okay. When I did my speech in elementary school, I was scared out of my mind. I, I literally just remember myself talking about the little things that I could mention as an elementary schooler that I'd done so far and that I'd accomplished in school so far. And I don't like saying the word little. That always sounds demeaning. But I just remember shaking in my voice. And then in junior high, I just remember opening up the can that I had created as the model for that item. And my hands were shaking. I was trying to show it to people. I wasn't sure if I did. But then when it was all over, got to sit back, right back down, watch other people go through the exact same experience, an experience of standing up, 
talking to a bunch of people. They clap, you sit down, and you're completely fine. When I took that opportunity out of the blue, I wasn't really thinking about the bad things that were going to happen. I was just thinking about doing a good job, conveying the knowledge that I had, and honestly, just screw it. Let's just go for it. And it ended up working out. One of my favorite quotes that I've really been thinking about that changes my attitude towards just normal actions, actions in general, is from Michael Jordan. And it go it goes like this. He says, when I approach something, I approach it with the expectation that I will succeed. I do not think about what could happen if I failed. And for someone like me, that's really the main thing that drives the fear towards my actions, is that fear of failure, that fear of being ostracized, that fear of isolation, that fear of feeling like a loser to other people, but mainly to yourself. And then what happens for a lot of people is that they get so caught up in that fear of being a loser that they're so afraid of taking any actions that it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you get so afraid of doing something that you don't end up doing anything. You just go to work, you just come home and put on Amazon Prime Video and just stream the boys all day. Go on to Netflix, watch sports day in and day out. That's that's the self-fulfilling prophecy of doing this whole lot of nothing. That if you've got this part of your brain that's not just a survival brain that wants more, you need to cultivate it or else it's going to continue to make you miserable. That's the thing that's driving that type of attitude, the reason why it doesn't lead to positive results and positive attitudes and happy people. I mean, I don't think there would be a problem here if doing that type of life ended up getting massively positive, happy results for people because it just doesn't. Doing those activities in controlled spurts for reasonable amounts of time as the sharpen the saw activity from Stephen Covey makes sense to recharge your batteries, to reward yourself after working hard, to enjoy your free time with your on your own or with your loved ones. You need to do both. But doing that day in and day out clearly does not make people happy. It's not the thing that they truly want. But it does engage the survival brain, and oftentimes people will engage only with the survival brain Ignore the thriving, the cycle continues when we deal with the results from that. So I'm not here to tell you that I'm a spectacular public speaker or anything like that. And even when I do the free sample classes every week, I don't go up there feeling 100% confident, like at all. Every single time, I mean, at this point, It's actually conscious. I make sure that I'm going up there nervous. I'm going up there a little bit scared because I need to take this stuff seriously. 
and not pretend like I'm some sort of guru dude or I'm some sort of perfect speaker that everybody needs to look up towards. That's not the way I approach it whatsoever. And I'm not going to say I'm the most humble person either because I'm definitely not a very humble person. Like, that's something in my attitude that I definitely can continue to work on. But I am scared when I go up there to the free sample class. I am scared when I have to talk to a group of 200 people. It's still scary. The fear did not ever go away for me. Maybe someday it will, but so far it has not. But somehow, even with that fear, I'm able to still identify, okay, these are the things you're afraid of happening, but with all of my past experiences, the things have ended up okay. And I above all go into it assuming that I'm going to be successful, like Michael Jordan always anticipates with everything that he does. We will be back after a short break, folks. Y'all stay tuned to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. The specific link for tomorrow night's event is TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash spotlight. Again, you are welcome to this event as a guest one time. If you want to come out more than once, you will need to become a member. But if you are interested in learning about some single family, some multifamily for tomorrow, just head to TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash spotlight. It's going to be a lot of fun. And... I make beer. A lot of y'all already know that, but I will have a new beer tomorrow night. It's called 1655. It's a Jamaican ale. 1655 being the year that the English took over the island of Santiago from the Spanish and turned it into what is now Jamaica. A little bit of history for you. Now, the fear that we keep talking about being different for everybody, they're There is one common fear that I would like to address, and the fear that we're talking about is doing nothing. Well, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, because why would somebody be afraid of doing nothing? They they really should be afraid of doing nothing, because if you don't have what you want now, doing the same thing a.k.a. doing nothing, is just going to get you the same results that you've already said that you do not want. Risk is simply a fact of life. There's going to be risk in virtually every single thing that you ever do. Big or small, public or private, there are risks. There are things that you need to cultivate wisely with the fear part of our brain, survival part of our brain, So we can identify true dangers, identify true risks, and manage them consciously 
by making them specific, the specificity is going to be one of the biggest things that allows us to manage fear because otherwise the fears become very vague, they become very general, and they just sort of converge into this general attitude of sadness and depression and I can't do anything, um, success is meant for other people and not me sort of attitude. Don't ever say stuff like that. That's just, that's something that has been imparted upon you that is not connected to the reality of your particular situation. Risk is a fact of life. That's not to say that we should be in fear of risk all the time, but it is to be reasonable and identify that, yes, in this life, there are things that we want to avoid. There are things that we need to be careful with. So when you get into something risky, you have to make sure that you're managing it as much as possible. And saying something is risky is a very much a blanket statement. Let's just say you want to drive somewhere. You want to go to some place that's here in Houston. You want to go to downtown Houston. You want to go see Shen Yun. You see all the ads everywhere. You want to finally see Shen Yun, the, the Chinese dancing opera. And I actually had the pleasure of speaking with two ladies who were advertising for them because they came up to our office. They had all their advertising stuff. They're definitely one of the most successful guerrilla marketing teams I've ever seen because it doesn't matter where I go, I see Shen Yun. Storefronts, posters, business cards, the billboards, everywhere. I went to the show one time so far. I absolutely loved it. It was a lot of fun. It's very, very interesting because they're actually not associated in any way with the governing party of China. They're actually... Um, blacklisted by the Chinese government because they follow a different religion than the state communism and atheism that's advocated. So basically, it's a big no-no from the CCP. They don't like that. So it's a very, very interesting story behind it. So I highly recommend looking into that and just going out to the performance because it is definitely one of the most Interesting things that you will ever watch to just get some real, true, original Chinese culture. The risk that we're talking about to drive somewhere, like going downtown to see the show, that's a risk. Driving is a risk in the city of Houston, Texas. Have you ever driven past an accident here in this city? Absolutely. Everybody can confess and say that they've seen an accident. We get the accident report during the show that you hear about. You want to avoid these accidents because they happen on a daily basis. Everywhere you go, there's going to be an accident. I've driven to work. There's been fatal accidents, as sad as that is to say. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, apparently, a guy was driving a motorcycle. He started Someone commented that they saw him literally near Mason Road and Katy go on a motorcycle going over 120 miles an hour, they estimated. And then he drove down to downtown Houston at the 610 exit where it goes north and south. That's where the fatal accident occurred. This man unfortunately passed away. 
There's a lot of stuff that goes on when you drive. Driving is a risk. But for some reason, in our country, in our state, no one really sees it that way. Or at least it doesn't seem to be the case. Because everybody has a car. Everybody drives on a regular basis. We, we, just, we go to work. We hop in the car. We don't think anything of it. But getting into a car accident, for example, is hundreds of times more likely to happen to you than ever getting into any sort of plane accident. It's extraordinarily dangerous. It's very, very likely that somebody will get injured in a car accident, be involved in them, or suffer something worse. I mean, I've been in car accidents. I've been in one when I was a teenager. That was my fault. I've been in two others that were not my fault. I was driven into by people backing out both times, which is hilarious to watch someone what seems like slow motion back into your car. Not the funnest situation to be in, but that's a risky endeavor, but no one thinks twice about it. If someone, for example, is going to say, I'm going to work 40, 50 hours a week for 30, 40 years. I'm never going to get laid off, so I'll be able to save money always, always, always. What's probably going to be the rude awakening that happens to somebody like that? They're probably going to have to move. They're probably going to have to transfer to a different job, or they get laid off, or they get fired. Most commonly during a down market which is what we still seem to be transitioning to now. That time period is very difficult because what does someone's income go to when their only source of income is the job? The income, of course, goes to zero. All of their bills have to be paid through their job, which they get by using their time, the 40, 50 hours a week or more sometimes. So now their income is zero, They have to live on their savings for a while or they get some unemployment for a while, which is not a whole lot, folks. I've met people, I've talked to people that have been on unemployment. It is not a whole lot of change. That's not going to sustain you for very long. You have to get another job as soon as possible. But is that not one of the riskiest positions someone could be in to have only one source of income. Especially one where it's not your business, especially one where you're not in control. You're, you're working for somebody else's business, helping their brand become successful, helping their families become successful through their business. And you work there. And now they laid you off and your income is zero. Now, one of the coolest things that I've heard about is when somebody gets laid off and they have, let's say, five houses. They've got about $2,000 a month at least in total income coming in. That's a much better position to be in than the person that gets laid off in the cubicle or office over who doesn't have any real estate. Who's going to be scrambling desperately for the next job? The person without the real estate. Who gets to know that 
Most, if not all, of their real bills are paid with the five houses while they can search for their job. The person that has the real estate. Even just a couple of houses. If we reapproach the risk for cars, for example, do y'all think that Texas is more dangerous, less dangerous, or about average when it comes to road danger? Texas is right around the middle. We're actually right around the middle in terms of the 50 states. Houston is not particularly more dangerous than any other city. You see more accidents because of how many people are here, just in terms of raw number, but the ratio is not particularly higher. The most dangerous state to drive in, unfortunately, is Mississippi. That's just, it's overwhelmingly the highest in terms of DUIs and road fatalities. So we've got maybe something going for us here. But risk is out there, folks. If you want to cut your risk, you're going to want to make sure that you're getting an asset that builds wealth without you being at the job 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And maybe cut down on driving, too, while you're at it. Stay tuned, y'all. We'll get to the final segment in just a moment. joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. All right, everybody, final segment of today's show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Give y'all another opportunity to sign up for our Spotlight event, TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash Spotlight. We are going to have one single-family presentation and then two multifamily presentations, one by Craig McKinley of Aztec's Property Management and the other by Robert Martinez of Rockstar. So if y'all want to come out, try some of my Jamaican ale that I am literally carbonating right now for it to be completely fresh and ready for tomorrow. Just head to TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash spotlight. And by the way, you don't actually, if you want to just walk up, you're more than welcome to do that. If you are a member or a guest, registration is not formally required. We do like to see how many people we need, especially when we order food. Katie is going to be doing a charcuterie board tomorrow, so she did that last month, so that's another thing to look forward to. So I hope to see y'all there. Again, that's TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash spotlight. The update, so here we go, Trevor's stock market update. I, I mean, I just heard right before the show started that there was a slight push up with one of the um, indexes. I think it was just a general stock market assessment, but... The bad news, folks, is that as of today, the year to date is the lowest that I've seen ever since I started keeping score about two whole months ago. So the Dow Jones is now at a negative 14.29% since the beginning of the year. S&P 500 is at negative 17.11%. And NASDAQ, still the biggest loser 
they are now at negative 26.4%. Over a quarter of the value of the NASDAQ stock index has been lost since January 1st of this year. It continues to go on a downward trajectory. A couple weeks ago, we saw that there was a slight upturn. As I tried to emphasize, these downward shifts aren't straight lines. They're slight humps, slight great dips over and over again until we end up at the bottom of the market, the bottom of the barrel, the bear market, as they like to say, the bull and the bear. The bear market is the down market. Okay. In the down market, real estate investors are not going to be freaking out. In the down market, real estate investors might be freaking out just a little tiny bit because it is still a down market after all. But we have assets that build wealth in the down market too. That's the main bullet point of this PowerPoint presentation. The down market is not a crutch and a destroyer and a ruiner of a real estate portfolio. Now, somebody who makes a mistake and doesn't manage them correctly and doesn't market them correctly could have that experience become bad during a down market. But the thing is, the same mistakes that someone could really make during the down market will be the same sort of thing that would cause them to screw it up in an up market. You have to make sure that you're marketing your properties correctly. You're taking care of your tenants. Whenever I talk about marketing a property, this has literally been an experiment I did. I tried not using a sign in the yard once and only using online marketing. For about a week... I got a significantly reduced number of contacts and calls, but I was getting a significantly reduced number of appointments for the actual showing. It seemed completely different when I did not have this sign in the yard. So far, 90% of the time when I hear somebody being unable to get their property leased, it's literally because they don't have a sign in the yard. Literally one of those simple, rinky-dinky, white and red signs that says, For Rent, with the little box that puts the phone number. You put it perpendicular to the street. For everybody, that means when you're driving in either direction, you can read it from your car. You don't make the number face the street. So when people are driving up from either side of the street, all they see is this two-dimensional little line or a little stick in the yard, and they can't read it until they're literally directly in front of the house. Make sure it's facing perpendicular to the street, right angles, to where somebody walking on the sidewalk can see the number from either direction or someone driving can see it from either direction. The most common person who contacts me and gets a tenant in there successfully is someone who's driving through on their own 
looking for a house in the particular neighborhood for themselves. They'd say, look, I'm interested in your property for rent on this address. I saw the sign in the yard. You want to make sure that you hear that term because that's going to tell you that they're serious. They actually were physically inside of the sign. That's one of the best things you can hear. You know that they're actually doing something. You set up the appointment. You do one showing a week, two if you're feeling really ambitious. You could do one on a Thursday evening, one on a Saturday early afternoon. Those were the times I like to do. You never, ever, ever, ever schedule an individual appointment. Why? Because of safety and security. I don't care who you are, if you're a tiny little girl or a big, huge man, 500 pounds or 100 pounds, do not ever go out to a property by yourself with the expectation that one group or one person is going to meet you there. That is not smart. That is not safe. Do not do that. Schedule a showing appointment where you make it clear to the person that the other side of the phone that there are going to be other people there. And you don't even have to say, oh, yeah, there's going to be other people there. You just say, I'm doing a showing at 1230 on Saturday. Would you like to come out to the showing? The word showing shows them that this is going to be an event where other people are there. It also puts a little bit of a fire under their butt so they understand that other people are interested in the property too, especially when there are other people there. Most of the time, I'd say, yeah, it was it was a good 80% of the time. At the moment that somebody put in the application that got approved and they moved in, there were other people literally at the showing at the same time. So, yeah, sometimes you end up being at the showing and it's towards the end and there's like that last group where you get there and one group shows up. But there's that safety again. They know it's a showing. They know that other people are coming. And if you want to have on your person something to protect yourself, that is your right. That is something that you can do as well, to be responsible with that, to protect yourself, protect your loved ones, and be safe and smart in terms of showing properties. But yeah, the sign is the number one thing to make sure that you get that property leased up. Just put a sign in the yard. Make sure your property is clear, clean. Man, Landscaping is a pet peeve of mine at this point because after seeing some of the differences between a property, not property landscaped for rent and correctly landscaped, it is night and day. You do not get a second chance to make a first impression. Somebody who doesn't like the house from how it looks on the outside is not going to call you at all. They're not going to chance it. They're not going to give you a shot. That's not going to happen. You want that property to look so good that the people that would try and mess with you because they think you're not really a good landlord or you don't know what you're doing aren't going to call either. You want it to look clean, nice, beautiful, pops, could be the most cleanly landscaped house in the neighborhood for goodness sake. That's a plus. That gets you the most qualified people into your phone, into your emails, than really anything else. And then 
You just want to basically prove that the inside matches the outside at that point, and that's it. It doesn't have to be radically over-rehab, the most luxurious countertops, the most luxurious floors. Tile floors is what we love. Just classic, clean granite countertops, modern shaker cabinets. It's so clean and simple now that everybody seems to want something very, very similar. It's so easy to get a rent rental property ready and modernized and correct and very cost-effectively at that. So folks, we've talked about fear today. I would say your homework for today is to identify one fear that you're working with. Identify specifically what it is you're afraid will happen, but identify the benefits that you'll get from going ahead and facing that fear and doing the thing anyway. Y'all, this is Trevor Davis. I hope y'all enjoyed the show today. Please come out to our Spotlight Night tomorrow, TotalWealthAcademy.com, Spotlight Night. That will be tomorrow at 6.30, TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash Spotlight. And I hope to see y'all there again. I will see y'all next Wednesday. Thank you. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.